Hello. Hey, hey, hey. You are listening to KSKQ 89.5 FM Ashland, Oregon, and KSKQ translator K231CW 94.1 FM Medford, Oregon. Also streaming at www.kskq.org. Can't forget those W's. Those are important W's. They are. Um, this is Dream Infringement. This is Dream Infringement. Yeah. <laughs> um, usually we, we have a little song, but that's cool. Until we have a song, I'll say that other important W's are something that I recently learned about in school. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, it has to do with labor and Bobby's being just really aggressive with this microphone. Yeah. There you go. It's there's no <laughs> There was no sound. There was no sound. So Should no Should I read that thing again? You're listening to KSKQ 89.5 FM Ashland Oregon and KSKQ translator K231CW 94.1 FM Medford Oregon. Legally, I need to say that and so that's why I did it again. Yeah, are the cops coming for you? Continue, Dara. Three W's. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> in when reading fetal heart rate strips in Labor and Delivery, uh, the ones that look like W's are variable decelerations or accelerations, mm. um, and those can mean a variety of things. Um, but short decels are generally indicative of the baby's head getting pushed on. So that's something fun I learned in nursing school this week. Interesting. And now you all know. Thank you. Appreciate that. And this is Dream Infringement. Ah, Dream Infringement. Is a super squad of four friends. Adara, Spiffy Burns, Bobby, Chico de Gallo Castillo, Jennifer, the scheduler Woodside, and Emily, the four-eyed evader Castillo. And for one night only, Odessa's karaoke queen, Castillo. Karaoke queen. She She's sings karaoke like nothing seen. <laughs> She's not. But she had a good, you had a good run with karaoke. Yeah. Yeah, right? I love karaoke. I yeah, love you might find her in a karaoke club. No <laughs> more love on the run. Most recently, I, I have uh, heard a country song that I would love to sing karaoke. Really? Yeah. What is it? I forget, but it's it's one of the lines has to do with tequila. Tequila. Something Just tequila. another tequila. Sunrise. Wasting away again in Margaritaville. No, it's no. from like Tequila Ville. <laughs> Did you know there's a restaurant called Margaritaville? Hmm. It's yeah. like Jimmy Buffett made mm-hmm. it. Oh, good for him. I wonder what the menu looks like. It's like nothing but margaritas. I think that's also like chicken. Probably nachos. There's got to be nachos, right? I could go for a margarita and a nacho. Nachos. More than one. Did you guys hear about the Broadway show Margaritaville? No. What? Yeah. Jimmy Buffett's just like all over the place, (laughs) man. He's everywhere. He's inescapable. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's made an empire. He has, yeah, from nothing, really, mm-hmm. from rags to riches. I don't know his past. I assume it was rags, but maybe he was, like, always looking real smooth. No, I think you're right. It was probably rags to riches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
maybe not like really dirty rags. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear a story that is, that is from riches to riches. No, That's I don't want to hear that sell. story. Yeah. Boring. No. Paris Hilton. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa. Throwing shade already, Odessa's. <laughs> That's a little taste of what's to come. Riches to rags. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that story. I, I thought that's what you were yeah. saying happened to Paris Hilton. <laughs> oh, you never know. Yeah. Maybe that will happen. <laughs> but not rags to rags. That's too sad. No. That's too sad. I mean, that could be kind of heartwarming. Like a <laughs> nice story of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but oh, at the um... end he just goes back to sleeping in bed with his four grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to give up that bed sore life. <laughs> They seemed like they could get out of bed. I it think that was choice. Yeah, Maybe they just needed more the motivation. Of a life choice than a <laughs> yeah. than a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what we like to do is tell stories and play songs. I feel like I should also say Jennifer is not here. She's oh, still yeah. feeling poorly. That's true. But she did come through with a story. Mm-hmm. She um, recorded one, so we'll play that later. Yeah. The theme this week is. The theme this week is occupational hazards. You know those times, we've all had jobs. We all have to have jobs. I mean, sometimes we have no choice. For those of us are going from riches to riches, maybe you don't have to worry about that. Trust fund or something. But for majority of us in this country, we have to have jobs. We got to make the bacon. And sometimes those jobs, in those jobs, there are certain things that uh, just happen to come up that put us in danger or maybe are a little bit uncomfortable or maybe we did not expect to happen and those things put us in danger or, or made us uncomfortable. Or or what? Everything. Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> or everything works out and you love your job. In that case, good for you. That's great. If you love your job, you know what they say. It's not so much. It's not so much. Love what you do, but do what you love. Mm-hmm. But in the psychology world, they tell people to not do what they love because then you start to hate what you love. Oh, oh so just do what you love, like sometimes. Do what you don't mind. Okay. Hmm. Even okay. do what you like, but don't do like your passion for your job because you're more likely to be miserable. Interesting. Interesting. Because Interesting. then, then that's when like all the business part of it has to. You know, rear its ugly head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep your passion as just like your passion. Mm-hmm. Keep it there. Yeah. Don't In quit the your shadows. day job. Legitimately don't do don't it. Don't quit your day job. Yeah. Keep it business up front, but party in the back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And if your passion is mullets, maybe d- just, yeah, keep definitely keep that in the back. Or like, They had their time. If your passion is mullets. <laughs> Get a mullet for yourself, but don't start giving other people mullets. <laughs> yeah. Professionally. Just, Just do it as a hobby. Especially if they don't yeah. want one. If they're not asking for it, ask. yeah. Don't give them a mullet. Shut. So I had, um, Odessa, would you like to go first with your story? Can I, can I say something oh, really go quick? Go ahead. Um, I just, I need to say that I, I just would like to apologize in advance for depriving you because of me being sick i don't have the velvety fog voice that i usually have i'm really trying my best to keep it smooth but 
There might be some sna snaps and crackles going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just want to say that. Thank you. To you listeners who rely on that, on the my, you know, my trademark smooth voice. You know. Yeah. My trademark smooth voice is actually also gone um, because I drove down here from the coast today and it was a five-hour drive. And in doing so... I sang along very loudly to a lot of songs, and I'm kind of losing my voice. Oh, I thought you it was gonna, worth it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, because you went to visit your grandparents, I thought you were going to say that you spent all weekend screaming at them. <laughs> yeah, I have a better relationship with my grandparents <laughs> than you do. That's so sad. You're like, sorry for the... <laughs> lost my voice screaming well, at my elderly grandparents. Maybe they're... Maybe... You know, a person would be hard of hearing. I know when my mom's on the phone with my grandma, she has to be like, no, it's Charlene. Oh, yeah. Charlene. But she also, my grandma also named her other daughter Arlene. Oh, so that's, that's tough. Too. You got to think about that. Par parents out there, yeah. you know, I mean, it's nice to have kids whose names rhyme. But think but about the future. But <laughs> when you're old future. and you can't hear, you don't know who you're talking to. If only there was a solution for that. For the hard of hearing. If only there were. And the telephone conversations. Oh, by the way, Odessa's, I'm sorry. Is your turn? Yes, there is a solution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, all day long at work, I feel like I'm talking to my aged grandparents um, <laughs> because in my job, I caption phone calls for the hard of hearing, which are mostly elderly. And I found this job through a... Uh, obscure ad on Craigslist. I've never seen it advertised anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, and so as I'm listening to the conversation, I have to repeat verbally, verbatim, what the caller is saying. But the callers cannot hear me, see me, or interact with me. Um, I'm not interpreting and I'm not translating. So oftentimes they forget I'm even there. Mm -hmm. And so that makes for some very interesting conversations. Um... I like to describe it as me eavesdropping on a conversation and then repeating everything that the caller says, much like an annoying kid would do, mm -hmm. you know, when they're repeating <laughs> everything you say. Um, when they're repeating everything you say. Like that? Yes, exactly like that. <laughs> I knew it was coming, but still. <laughs> we practiced. Me and Bobby practiced that. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. That's how we are, like, as siblings. Mm -hmm. We finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> so again, these are mostly elderly people, but I try to approach it in a way that gives them like dignity and respect because you could approach it in a way that doesn't at all, like very casual like. But so I try to imagine that they're my own grandparents because there can be some really sad things that happen to them on the phone. Um. Uh, for example, in one in one shift, I can experience like a whole gambit of emotions because I might hear someone being taken advantage of, like a scam, or their adult son or daughter ask asking them for a bunch of money that I I don't think they really need. <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve this <laughs> or deserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that sometimes that like hurts me. Like I I'm I might even I get really mad. Or sometimes um, a woman may be calling her friend to inform her that her husband of like 60 years just died, mm -hmm. passed away. And that I can like start crying on a call like that when they start sharing stories of when he was in 
the war or mm-hmm. when they got married. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Or other times it can be really funny, like an adult man telling their mom that they've had diarrhea all day. Oh. And so that'll make me laugh. It's hard to finish the conversation. I've never, I've never done that. I don't have that kind of relationship with my grandmother. Well, you'd be surprised how many like adult men just like call their mom and tell them about all their digestive problems. Oh, moms will listen. And they, yeah. the mom has the same problem. So she doesn't really give them any good advice. It's my hope that one day my sons will call me and tell Aww. me all of their digestive problems. It's beautiful, Emily. That's a beautiful thought. We should all call our moms. <laughs> Take a moment tonight. Call your mother. Tell them about your digestive issues. <laughs> Tell her about what's happening in your GI tract. You know, they'd probably love that. Moms would probably really, that would like, mm-hmm. I mean, if I know moms and I feel like I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. moms with adult children. Okay. But anyway, yeah, it's it's been, even so, it's been like one of the best jobs I've had. Like, it's just so interesting and it's and it's pretty easy to do. That's cool. Yeah. Except yeah. when you're in the break room and um, your coworkers are w- watching YouTube videos on their phone without earphones. Oh, uh, isn't <laughs> that, that might be that the might be more than just break room etiquette or yeah. something? Isn't yeah. there like a standard in a the sign. break room? Make a sign if you're watching videos. Put on your headphones. I feel like I or get a pair of like communal work headphones that are really gross and like have that over the ear like uncovered foam thing and make them all share that one pair. And they can't gross. Be yeah. Are they all like? Are they watching different videos at the same time? Like are, they... are there like three people watching? Things? Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. Most people irritating. are pretty respectful, but other people like open their sardine cans and stink up the break room. Yeah. And then afterwards they call their mom and tell them about their digestive (laughs) issues. So that was it. Yeah, that's... That's great. Yeah. All right, what song... I'm so fascinated... Oh, were you saying that's it for your thing? Yeah, I'm super fascinated with Odessa's job. In fact, like, every time she comes and visits from Arizona, she... uh, she, I just, I feel like excited to tell people what her job is. And I'm like, tell them about your experience working at that place. Cause you finally had the chance to do it on the radio. Yeah, yeah. You made me share, share it on the radio. I made her. Yep. That's what I did. All right. Do you want to introduce your song? This is a song by the nerves called hanging on the telephone. I'm in the phone with this one. It, that ringing is from inside the studio. Oh, I thought it was it from. It came from inside the studio. The, nope, it's our phone is ringing off the hook. I thought it was a. I thought it was a, like an added song, like an I audio that thing too. Because the song is about calls, yes. like telephones. And I was like, uh, oh, "What right. ringing, Odessa's? I mean, well, sorry that we thought that person who was calling. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll forgive us. I think that they gave up on us. Don't give up on us. No, don't. Believe in us. What a what a tragedy. Yeah, real How sad. strange. All right. Oh, here we go. Oh, thank you. They're doing it again. They're doing it They're again. They're calling. It must be important. We're coming. Adara is on her way. <laughs> yeah. She has really good phone etiquette, so you're in for a treat. Yep. That voice. 
that beautiful radiolicious voice will be directed <laughs> at the caller. Yeah. So maybe we should um explain to the talk about her while she's gone. No, oh, no, 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 okay. no. Maybe we should explain to the uh you know to the dream infringement audience. All you are they dreamer? Are they called dreamers? Infringers? I think we've said dream infringers. All you dream like infringers. Mm-hmm. Um, just like uh, where we line up in the family as siblings, me and Odessa's. So Odessa's is 11 months younger than me. Yes. Bobby's the oldest. I'm the second oldest, but it never felt that way growing up. Because uh-huh, Odessa's was better with responsibility. She was always put <laughs> in charge of us whenever my parents like left to go run errands. Um, but Bobby would take charge and shine when he was directing us in anything creative or theatrical. That's when mm-hmm, he shined. Yeah. yeah Cause uh, I felt like I was like, um, I felt like when I looked at all of my siblings who were all very close in age, like I felt like the, um, like the manager of like a boy band. Like I, <laughs> like I, <laughs> I saw like all of their potential. Even though there were both men and women. In <laughs> Three girls and one boy. And yeah. Even though we had no potential. <laughs> we had no talent. Uh, but all they needed was for me to believe in them and yes. they could rise, rise <laughs> yes. and be the stars that I knew they were. Yeah. And the rest of the time I was in charge of not letting anyone die. Yeah. Which not burning our parents things down. apparently left us in a lot of situations she, where they one did. of us could die. They did. They <laughs> liked having their fun. They liked just like leaving us alone. <laughs> and then we had to fend for ourselves for hey, a long time. They had lives <laughs> that didn't include you, the five of you. Yeah. As as parents now, you understand. <laughs> yeah. Can't tell you how many times I've just been like, hey, five-year-old and one-and-a-half-year-old, don't burn down the house. See ya. We'll see ya when Mom's we- Mom's got a life. We'll see ya when we see ya. <laughs> I've never done that. No, we don't. We do not leave our five-year-old and one-and-a-half-year-old alone. We would never- I did unsafe. go upstairs briefly to put some clothes in the laundry, and I- was concerned. And when you came down. And I was like, Weston, can you please be mature? And he said, okay. And I came back down and I said, so were you mature? And he was like, yeah, I just sat here on the couch. (laughs) That's what adults do. I was like, that's great. Good job. (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay. So who's next on this thing called the radio show that we have? You are. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me see. Let me put my mind in the right place. I grew up in a construction business fam- <laughs> owning family, and my dad ran the construction business. Um, I was kind of his like number two. I say this because there were a lot of things that he called upon for uh, upon me f- to do uh, that he would likely never call on anyone else to do um, up until that point. Um, many of the things that I had to do had were because of equipment breaking down or his truck breaking down or um, times where he needed to intimidate somebody. And so me and my younger brother, who was twice my size, um, we would be called on to just kind of like stand there and look tough. Um, so the the there's a few experiences that I thought I'd share. One of them was when my uh 
Uh, my dad's uh, truck was loaded with a giant pellet of flagstone. And um, if you've ever seen flagstone, um, it's used for like decorative um, patios in the Southwest. And they're usually about like two inches to three inches thick uh, rock uh, that is like cut out of a mountain. And, um, and they're generally about 100 pounds to 300 pounds. And so there was this whole pallet that was sitting on top of my dad's truck, uh, loaded with flagstone, really heavy flagstone. And he was at a stoplight at an intersection. And when the light turned green for a moment, I remember him saying this afterwards, for a moment he had forgotten he had the flagstone in the truck. <laughs> Forgot. And when that light turned green, he hit the acceleration pedal. And when he drove forward... The pallet stayed in the same place. It punched out his uh, tailgate um, and it was in the middle of the intersection. And so I was in the passenger side. Immediately, we realized what had happened. There was no if someone had been tailgating him, that pallet would have landed on their the hood of their car. Mm-hmm. Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, and that's it, why you leave a buffer, kids. <laughs> yes, that's why you don't, don't tailgate. tailgate people. <laughs> that's the moral of this story. Um, and so, but also, like when you're stopped at an intersection, <laughs> you don't normally leave. Yeah, enough. but you should. <laughs> you should. So, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we jumped out, and in in an extreme situation, you feel a lot of that was definitely one, and you feel a lot of adrenaline, and you're just like loading up giant pieces of stone. Um, so that was that was one of them. Did you your know. arms feel like they were gonna fall off A- afterwards? I, I felt very. But you retired. were young. I was young, <laughs> young so they and naive. Quickly. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, another time, uh, my dad was carrying uh, three pallets in his flatbed diesel truck of brick, um, adobe brick, and he had a uh, an inclined driveway that he needed to drive up to, and then it was. And then it turned and then it drove up another inclined drive, you know, the continuing of the inclined driveway. So if you're imagining like one ramp and then going in one direction and then that and then another ramp going in the opposite direction. And so he thought, um, you know, this truck is carrying such a heavy load. The only way I can get it up to the house that I need to get it to um, is if I take a running like a like a speed towards that first ramp and then. I turn on a dime and then continue with that momentum I've built up, up the second ramp. And, um, and that didn't happen because when he went to pivot to turn the truck, um, those three pellets of Adobe bricks slid off the edge of the, of the flatbed and into the desert, the Southwest desert. Um, so it was like in trees and cactuses, just like <laughs> Adobe brick, just all over the place. It, it was just like spread like glitter um you know in the in the air that's what happened so we all had to like get out and load it back up and it was a lot of work for us i feel like too the reason that happened a lot most of our dad's work trucks for some reason the tailgate was always broken oh, yeah it was it never either missing or the latch was broken <laughs> or it was a piece of wood or it was a piece of wood <laughs> yeah and so another time i'm i'm laying in bed and um my phone rings and it's my dad and he sounds like he sounds very uh anxious and stressed out 
and he says, I need you to drive down the street, uh, get in your, your Toyota Land Cruiser, drive down the street, um, because I need you to tow me back to the house. Um, and he said, but there's, there's just one thing. It's not just my truck that you're towing. See it in attached to my truck is my flatbed, um, is my, my dump trailer. And in that dump trailer, there's a yard and a half of sand. And on top of that yard and a half of sand, there's a bobcat, um, like, uh, uh, bobcat, like scooper mobile. I don't even know what to how to describe it <laughs> super Backhoe. i like that it was just Bobcat one of those construction i i i am visualizing yeah. what you're talking about out of about. all of the different trades that i helped him in um for some reason the name of the exact name of this thing <laughs> we never escaped me we just called it the bobcat tools. and so that was like parked on top of that yard and a half of sand it looked like a you know it was like i don't know so so he so that's what he was calling me for. And so I had to like, uh, he, he said, bring a chain. So I connected the chain to the, to the front, the, uh, the back of my land cruiser. And then the other end went to the front of his truck and I had to pull him, um, back about a mile to our house. And again, he was like broken down at an intersection. Um, and so we had to just like, we had, I had to pull him back up and, um, I had to maintain tension. Because if you don't maintain tension on something that big and you're even driving 15 miles an hour, it could just like yank the whole like axle out from under the land cruiser. So that was scary. What a yeah. sad parade. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then, yeah, there were just many times where I was just like in a very stressful situation. Um, and I just pushed that stress down very deep. Um, and then when it was over, I felt very relieved. Um, there was another time where my dad had to intimidate this other worker who might have, who my dad got the impression was going, was going to be aggressive with him and, and was driving back to a job. And so my he had dad, to intimidate him. and so my dad had to intimidate him to get him to not be aggressive. With, I don't know. So, so my dad prepped me and my brother, me at 17 years old, my brother at 12 years old, uh, to stand there really tough. And just, he said, I'm not asking you to fight. I'm not asking you to do anything, anything, but stand there and just look tough. You, you can't look afraid. You can't look afraid. And, um, and he, and so 12 year old boy, <laughs> I feel like it was a good life lesson. <laughs> I feel like if you tell a 12-year-old to look tough, <laughs> they will automatically look afraid. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, he just, he got the feeling that, that this guy was going to, like, be aggressive. And so when when he got there, he didn't end up going getting aggressive. But I'll remember, I'll remember always the thing that my dad said. He said, this could go two ways, he said to the guy. This could go two ways, the good way or the bad way. And I, I don't want it to go the bad way, but if it does go the bad way, I know how to handle myself. Oh, because I've been I've experienced the bad way many times. <laughs> Something like and that. What did the guy say? And he said, he said, no, that's not how I meant it. I didn't mean it like that. You misunderstood me when I said I was going to punch you. <laughs> that's not what I meant. It's scary. So it I meant it metaphorically. 
metaphorically. <laughs> you know. Punch you in the we're soul. Guys. <laughs> we say stuff like that to each other, right? Yeah. So I'm so, imagining a Mulan situation. Mulan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was uh it was a lot of really mixed experiences. Um, a lot of which really did like equip me for adulthood. I've been in many situations since then that in no way holds a candle to the situations I was in growing up in a construction business with my dad. Um, and, uh, and I still feel like I, I have a, you know, I'm as stable as a table, um, in those situations. And your dad's trucks are too now. They are. I, 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 I would like to think he got his truck situation together. He has not. (laughs) Oh no. no. So, um, (laughs) the song that I, I wanted to, to play, um, is by Iron and Wine and it's called God Made the Automobile. And it's right here. Okay. It was so, my fault. No, I it's messed okay. it up. Nope. Bobby, it's cool. Yeah. Bobby's the, mad now. From that part on, the song's the, the worst. So it's okay. yeah. we didn't need to hear you that. You didn't miss out on anything. <laughs> we did you a favor. Emily did you a favor. Sorry. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. Um, in the meantime, I'll make up for it with a little ditty of my own. Um, although Adara oh, okay. <laughs> had a ditty of her own. I was going to sing. She... Oh. I was going to sing. <laughs> it's okay. Did you forget? <laughs> um, so the idea of occupational hazards seemed to be of particular interest to me, even though I've had several interesting jobs where I've been exposed to things like drug addicted raccoons or <laughs> um it's always the raccoons with violent you. elderly individuals lots of burns and cuts but I'm not going to talk about any of that so I guess you better keep listening <laughs> I gotcha um but I am going to talk about all of the different ways nurses get hurt on the job. Because mm. oh, they get hurt a lot. And I would yeah. just like to officially thank all of nursedom for the work that they do. Because nurses, they're the best. As the token almost nurse in the room, <laughs> I'll say thank you. And almost nurses, because it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. <laughs> Um, but nurses have one of the highest rates of injury of any profession in the United States. They have a rate of almost 19% of nurses get some kind of workplace injury that requires them to uh, stop working for at least some period of time. And that's higher than heavy construction workers and miners. So Wow. You miners, people who work in mines, mm-hmm. <sighs> not children. <laughs> All of those miners working <laughs> in mines are just really hurting themselves. That's how it used to be. It is. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. So small hands could is... get into yeah those I'm... deep crevasses. Yeah, I know history. How are they? Never mind. It's. <laughs> I don't want to cause any consternation for anyone listening, but how did they get those children to focus and work? <laughs> yeah, these were because my son. I could apply those same things to math. 
Just tell him his life is at stake. <laughs> Your life is at stake. I do think that the children that they had working in the mines were more like in the nine-ish range. Oh, okay. okay. So they were much oh, okay. That makes sense. They I'll waited. wait a few years before yeah. I start. Making before him you do... send, him, send him down into the mines. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, But some of the ways that nurses get hurt are back injuries um, from trying to lift people mm-hmm. and bending over and mostly lifting heavy things. Uh, and then there are also things like toxic exposure to radiation, as well as dangerous drugs and chemicals. Um, one of the things that we use all the time are what we call purple top wipes. Um, and those give you cancer, oh. which they didn't know until people used them for a while without gloves. And then those people got cancer. Huh. Um so if you see purple top wipes, put gloves on. Just just to be safe. But there are also things like medications that can be absorbed transdermally. And then there's all of the things that can splatter on you. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a yeah. lot. A lot of stuff can just, splatter. You just give let's just give like a Five second moment of silence. Let your imagination wander. Five seconds right. seems I think to that's enough. And yeah. here we are. <laughs> <laughs> We've arrived. <laughs> now that you're grossed out. Yeah. And then there's also stuff like <coughs> needle stick injuries. Um, oh, I saw that in ER when yeah. I was a kid. That freaked me out. Someone had some kind of. She was like, let me check in this. And then she, ah, yeah, and, and I was like, like, quarantine her. Uh, and I was like, I'll never be able to be a nurse. Not with that <laughs> risk involved. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby, for your service to the world. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, um, and then there's all of the infectious diseases we can get. So, <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> Looking forward to my future. <laughs> actually i really am weirdly enough but that's a whole thing for another day that's all of the bad stuff that can be oh and violent patients i forgot about that um all kinds of stuff anyhow that's all for now all right uh one of our longtime listeners requested a song it's called fanfare for the common man and it is by Emerson Lake and Palmer. Thank you for calling in and and uh, talking at us, yeah. listener. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. All right. Well, you've we're over the halfway point now, but this is um, KSKQ 89.5 FM and 94.1 FM if you're in Medford. And this is Dream Infringement. All right. I'm up next with my story. And one of my favorite uh, jobs that I had was... <laughs> yeah. 
one of my favorite jobs that I had was working at a coffee shop. Sorry, I well, there's a lot of sounds happening. Yeah, there's no, that's okay. There's a lot of sounds in this radio station studio. Yes, oddly yep. enough, there are. Um, so I worked at a coffee shop, and we got all kinds of you know characters coming in and ordering various espresso drinks. Um, and one day, uh, a gentleman came in. And he approached the counter and he had a long dribble of snot hanging from the tip of his nose. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't think you'd be grossed out it was... so much by this show, but. <laughs> right. There you have it. But you will be. Uh, it was substantial. Um, <laughs> when he moved his head. It would dangle. Oh. Do you remember the consistency or the color? No, I do. It Can was, you stop it? it? Was... <laughs> stop this, please. I need this to end. Bobby, didn't you eat a jalapeno and drink a gallon of milk on this show? Yeah, I did. Are you telling me you, drink a gallon. This did. is your limit. I did, and um, that reminds me. If you'd like to listen to that episode, you can listen to it on SoundCloud <laughs> right, and iTunes. Sure. Why are you plugging your? So episode? anyway, um. Back to what I was saying, which was that this man had, it was a substantial amount of snot hanging from the tip of his nose. It was, uh, it was not, it was clear-ish. And um, if you can imagine like those crystal car dangly things hanging from a rear view mirror, like that was Mm. the, that was about the size of it. And so he was taking his time ordering um, which normally, you know, that's fine. Not everybody knows what they want right off the bat. Um, but it was painful for me because it was like I have a very sensitive gag reflex. Um, my gag about just about everything. I feel like I'm gonna gag telling this story. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna gag when I say gag. So it's not a very it was rough. It's a very gross word, gag. So he ordered his coffee finally, whatever it was. I don't remember. Um it's not important to the story. <laughs> and I was like, oh, finally. And I got to turn around. I had his cup and I and I was, you know, getting something ready. And when I turned back to get his money from him, the snot was gone. Oh, what a relief. He took care of it. I don't have to worry about seeing it anymore. You know, he's like taking care of himself. Um, he had put his change and dollars on the counter and so I reached I got the dollars from the counter and then I went to scoop up the change and I realized that the snot <laughs> had landed in the change that I was now holding that's right There's folks a little something extra in that change <laughs> that's right folks if you thought that this story couldn't get more gross it just did so I couldn't do anything physically or react and I just turned around and I dumped all the change in the sink and I washed my hands. Yikes. And I yeah. went about my business. Yeah. Is that just not the worst of humanity that you can see? It was horrible. That's... It was, that is probably <laughs> one of, I mean, maybe the worst thing that I've ever experienced at a job. <laughs> Occupational hazards. Man, you know? nurses and baristas, they're the real heroes. <laughs> yes, let's give it up for them. Yep. Yep. Slinging people and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and their bodily fluids. Ooh. Yes, it's one thing you do. Oh, yeah. Horrible. That's where they, like, eclipse each other. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. 
Um, so the song I chose was is a uh, Black Coffee by Peggy Lee. So we spoke of our good friend Jennifer, who is another co-host of Dream Infringement, being ill and not being able to be in to deliver her piece. Uh, so out of the goodness of her heart, because we miss her so, and I'm sure you listeners also, if you're repeat listeners, you miss Jennifer too. She has given us the gift of her voice and her ability to tell stories and share really horrible things from her past. So... <laughs> Jennifer, without further ado, uh, Jennifer. We'd had our current supervisor for about four years, and I really liked them. And then one day they were let go, and no one knows what the conflict was, if it was fair or deserved, but it was very unexpected and shocking and saddening. As we scrambled to try and hold everything together, this man started appearing in the lobby, looking around, taking stock. It was odd. He told the owners that he was interviewing our company to see if he would want to work there, to see if the company made sense. Internally, I had a good laugh at this attempt of reverse psychology and was sure no one would fall for it, but they did, and hard. He decided that we needed to have a work group kind of team building exercise about communication Honestly, I think he wasn't used to working with an office full of women, and he wanted everyone to speak in abrupt and concise sentences. He didn't like polite conversation, and he didn't want to have to do it, um, but he decided that we could be adjusted to fit his preferences. One of his close friends was some sort of fellow who conducted these workshops, and it seemed to make him feel extremely important to have that connection to be the workshop king by default. I don't do well in these scenarios. It really sends my anxiety skyrocketing and I go into a flight or fight mode. Since it's usually mandatory and I can't flee, I get a lot of adrenaline and I become very assertive and angry. Part of it is that a lot of these work things are very condescending. They're manipulative. It is just propaganda. I mean, it's been over a decade and I am still quite angry about the who moved my cheese video that I was forced to watch. I tried to tell the manager this and pleaded to bow out, but as someone who has never experienced mental health issues, he employed this wonderful gem of a tactic. He said, well, I mean, you could, but I don't think someone who didn't go would really be someone I could see working at this company. So you would fire me? Oh, I didn't say that. Just, you know, the type of person who didn't attend doesn't seem like they would have much of a future here. Great. So I'm threatened, but the other person has kind of deniable culpability. So I went. And I was not in a good mind frame. The instructor seemed to be taking a lot of notes when I was speaking with a red pen. And I was like, why do you keep writing in red when I'm talking? He just kind of brushed it off like, oh, I just always take notes. But later I caught bits of it because they were talking about me in front of me. And it was kind of like, oh, ho, ho, it's always the most resistant one. Happens every time. So apparently, typically the most uncooperative person in the group, usually at the end, is the most converted person to the system. 
that have the biggest change in attitude. Well, you know, as the saying goes, underestimate me. That'll be fun. At some point, we had to sit in a circle and talk about our biggest fears by saying, sometimes I pretend that. Got to my turn, and there wasn't anything that I was comfortable sharing. So I said, uh, sometimes I pretend that I don't know how to do something on the computer when I do. And one of my other coworkers was like, oh, I knew it. My cover was blown. But then people started crying and then sobbing, fully sobbing. So 15 adults are sitting there. They're sobbing. Everyone's having these deeply personal moments. And I was the only one who wasn't crying because I was completely frozen and shut down. Um, and I will use the word triggered. I had to go to the lobby and I had a few, and I had a few, they're called non-epileptic seizures because that's what happens when something is too overpowering to deal with. That's how my brain interprets it and uses as a coping mechanism. It also means that I've been extended beyond my breaking point. So I talked to the manager and one of the owners about how I'm having this reaction and like it doesn't even signify. They just kind of brush me off. But I wasn't the only one that was unhappy. I might have been the loudest one, but most of the people weren't comfortable. And what's odd is that for some of the others, if they said anything, they'd be pulled aside privately and told they were a negative influence. Why I was allowed to continue on my warpath, I, I don't know. But people got more quiet and unhappy and unwilling, and the manager started to lose his temper. We were not reacting the way he wanted us to, and he could not handle this. He started to rant and rave, and he told us that we would all have to reapply for our jobs that Monday to see if we were qualified, and that part of it was that we all had to personally say that we liked him before he would hire us. That was a qualification. So that put everyone in a great mood. Um, at the end, we had to talk about our experience with the workshop, and I said that I felt this was taken to a too personal of a level for a work exercise. Um, I didn't feel it was appropriate that they should have a warning that it could be triggering to some people um, and that nobody felt closer as a team because we didn't even know if we had jobs anymore on Monday. So over the weekend, it appears the instructor and the owners had a talk with him. And that Monday, he was a little different. We didn't have to swear that we liked him or reapply. He just wanted confirmation that we still wanted to work there which being a person who wants a paycheck, uh, I could honestly answer yes. But I guess it could be worse. I just found out that there are programs called Team Building Through Song, where you have to write songs about how you love your job and have a sing-off with an opposing team. <sighs> Those corporate kids always finding a, a new thing to inflict on employees. The song that I picked for this is by a band called Local H, and it is called Laminate Man. All right, listeners, we have arrived at that time where we have to sign off. Stay tuned for the next show with uh, One World Many Songs with Marco Cook. Um, and we'll see you next week. Well, we'll you'll hear us next week. Bye. And I love you. And Ciao. Odessa's is going to be... Yeah, the show. Yep, she's going to be gone. So, uh, but maybe in another few months we'll have her on again when she visits. Okay, bye.